The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups for week 11 of the 2019-20 NBA season. It is December 30th as this episode drops. The new year is nearly upon us. We have a handful of interesting names to hit here, Steve. Uh, Alexander, my, my co-host <laughs> in this endeavor as always. First of all, it's the last call, probably probably maybe even past the last call on Damian Lee. We talked about him last week. His roster percentage is up from 2% last week to 40% Let's now. Let's go. His last eight games, 16 points, 7.9 boards, 2.9 assists, 1.0 steals, and 1.9 three-pointers. There is one caveat here, Steve, and it is the fact that Mr. Lee is on a two-way contract with the Warriors, oh. and his time runneth his time runneth slim uh, on that. Do you? But do we know how many games he's played with them and how many he has left? It's days and it's under fifteen now. Um, a few days ago, it was at fifteen. Last I checked, I read an article in the San Francisco Chronicle where I think there was a quote from Steve Kerr saying they might cut back on some of his practice days to keep him around a little longer. Now, you got to be a little worried about that, but hopefully they can find a roster spot for him sooner rather than later. But, I mean, again, the other thing is half the guys we pick up off waivers, we don't know what they're going to be doing a week or two from now. So it's really in some ways not that different. We just know that there is a a very real thing looming that could uh, wreck his value for a while. He's got that whole uh, carriage turning into a pumpkin thing going Correct. Now, we saw this with our guy Daniel House last year with the Rockets. He was playing really well. He ran out of days, and he went bye-bye for a while. Uh, Hopefully, that won't happen with Lee. But, you know, again, you don't pick up these guys off of waivers with zero risk. You know, most of these pickups are not guaranteed, or a lot of them aren't guaranteed. So uh, I think you're doing the right thing if you're picking up Lee. In no way would I preemptively drop him um, before this deadline unless you outright hear the Warriors say they're just going to let it run out and send him to the G League for a while well and I I mean yeah this is one of those trains you get on and just ride until it stops and then once it's done you you jump off and start walking so um (laughs) props to you for being on the Damian Lee bandwagon uh way before I was you were like Damian Lee I was like "Eh, yeah whatever and he blew up Uh, and actually because of because we do this podcast, like you talking about him encouraged me to pick him up in like three different leagues and I plugged him in and he's just been he's been balling out in the kitchen. So <laughs> it has been a good run and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride and when it's over, I'm gonna be like, Damien, this Thank was you. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now I'm going to move on to Jordan McRae. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and who we will talk about in a second. You know, it's funny uh, I know, but who we will talk about in a second. I'll just leave it at that. Troy Brown 
is 32% rostered. He continues to play well. We talked about him last week. Also, his last 10 games, he's hit double digits eight times, averaging an even 14 points, 6.2 boards, 2.8 assists, 1.5 steals, and 1.03s on 46.9% shooting during that stretch. This is a guy I was super high on early in the season, Steve. I actually talked you into him at least one night in DFS. He totally laid a dud. Uh, it turns out I was about a month too early on uh, Troy Brown, but here we are. Yeah. You were a month early on Troy Brown, and my brother one year in fantasy baseball was like, Chan Ho Park for a dollar, and everybody laughed, and he he, he got Chan Ho Park for a dollar, and he was a year too early on Chan Ho Park. Uh, the next year, he went crazy. But having said that, uh, Troy Brown last week, you know, you threw him out there, and I was like, man, this is, the, this is my favorite guy we've talked about today, and then he came out that night and just went nuts, and... Uh, he did. He yes, a, he did. He had a big night, and Brad Beal's been banged up. The Wizards are terrible, man. I mean, that ship be sinking hard and fast, and Troy Brown's going to play a lot of minutes the rest of the way. Like, he is a guy that I think is borderline must-own, I'd say. Yeah, he's getting there for me, too. And let's just keep it in Washington for a minute, because he said that ship be sinking. Uh, Gary Payton, two, a.k.a. the Deuce, is 25% rostered. Now, he's had two six-steal games in his first three for the Wizards. His numbers over those three games, 11.7 points, 7.3 boards, 4.0 assists, 4.3 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 1.73s. Bradley Beal has some lower right leg soreness, and as of this taping on Sunday, Beal was questionable for Monday. I mean, at this point, the way things are going in Washington, you pick up Peyton who is a guy who has multiple different paths to playing time, and you see how far it goes. Dude, he had 15 points, six boards, two assists, six steals, and two threes on Saturday, right? Like, that is fun. He came out of nowhere. They signed him. He didn't practice with the team. Came out and had a, what, 10-11 and 11 game, uh, his first game with them. He's basically mm-hmm. just killing it. There's a lot of Washington scrubs to be excited about right now. Gary Payton, as you call him, the deuce, uh, is, is really exciting right now. And the other thing, I, I'm curious uh, how you feel about this. At the beginning of the season, I was concerned about Bradley Peel. We knew this team was going to be bad. We know he has a history of leg injuries. And I was like, man, I just don't know. If I feel good about taking Bradley Beal at like you know eight, nine, or ten in my draft, because I don't know if he's going to be playing at the end of the season. I mean, do you think he is is a shutdown candidate? I still don't think so. I think what we could see with Beal and a Wizards beat writer was just speculating this. I was just reading a blurb on Roto World, which let's get that beat writer's name, Fred Katz of the Athletic, recently raising the question of you know now that Beal's games played streak is over. He might be a load management guy, potentially. So is he going to start sending some back-to-backs, etc.? I still think Beal, I just don't think of him as a shutdown guy. He just has been such an Iron Man recently. I think that what we may see, though, is you know that, that possibility that Fred Katz brought up. That seems realistic to I'll me. tell you what, I took Brad Beal uh, with a top 10 pick over Luka in one of my leagues. And it, I, I've regretted it uh, ever since that That's that day. wildly off-brand for you. Super. I mean, I, I own Luke in like seven of my 12 leagues, but this this one, for some reason, I feel I felt like I had to take Brad Beal and I and I was I was not feeling it at the time and I'm certainly not feeling it now. So anyway, are we stay are we staying with the Wizards theme? Or are we moving on to our boy Jordan McRae or are we saving him for later? 
No, we're, we're sticking with the Wizards. But I, I quickly want to say about Gary Payton, he was a guy I remember watching in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. And I was like, man, this guy could be a really fun NBA player because he was just total stat-stuffing guard in college. So it's fun to see him getting an opportunity. Also, we have to remember, like, it's not just Beal that could open up an avenue to playing time for him. It's Isaiah Thomas, who was recently suspended, which opened the door for Payton in the first place. So we know that Isaiah is a major injury shutdown risk. So again, I think Payton is a is a streaming play with the potential to hit the river and then hit the ocean, as as Ryan Knauss and I were talking about the other day, if you're into water well, and Well, and this Wizards team in general. I mean, Mo Wagner and Davis Bertans, like, everybody's hurt. So Jan Mahimi yeah. could be on in this conversation we're talking about. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is going to get hurt again. We know that. Uh, so that means Peyton is still in play. Troy Brown, obviously, is going to be good. I mean, they're, they're starting – Guys that some of us haven't even heard of. So, you know, Isaac Bonga is, is a guy that could end up on your fantasy radar before this is all said and done. But one guy who is on your fantasy radar already is a name that we've mentioned a couple times. So let's talk about him in a little more detail right now. Jordan McRae is back healthy and picked up where he left off, really. He had been playing well before he missed time with a finger issue. 17.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.0 assists, and 2.53s in his first two games back. He had 20 points on Saturday, 15 points in the game before that. If you missed out on Peyton, I would give a long look at McCray, who is just 2% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, I, I had actually rostered him in a few leagues before he got hurt. Same. And- Obviously, he was dropped everywhere. He's not even owned right now. But he he had 20 points on Saturday with five boards, two assists and a steal, four three-pointers. I I mean, we can just call this the the Wizards waiver-wired podcast because it's all Wizards all the time right now. And as we said, that Washington ship be sinking and Jordan McRae is going to be – he's going to be like – what was his name? Who was the guy in uh, Titanic? DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Whatever his kid, yeah. Jack. He's Jack, gonna be correct. Jordan McRae's gonna be like Jack. He's gonna be like the last one on that sinking ship before he goes down. You're you're gonna want wow. some Jordan McRae before this is all said and done. Steve, you are having a major surge of '90s nostalgia right yeah. now between Chan Chanho Park and the Titanic. <laughs> I was not expecting either one. I, I'm uh, gonna start it. singing Celine Dion jams next that that will be on the after show everyone stick around for that (laughs) steve's gonna knock out some of those jams uh so we talked about washington for a while and that kind of uh pushed aaron holiday slightly down on the list but another big priority for me is aaron holiday 30 percent rostered he had career high 25 points and four threes on saturday and a pretty lopsided game um a blowout loss for the pacers but he had 17 points nine dimes on friday 19 points 10 assists with five threes the game before that Double digits in nine straight games. Obviously, the return of Malcolm Brogdon will hurt Holiday, but at some point, Holiday is going to carve out a big enough role in the rotation that he's going to be useful in deeper leagues no matter what. Career high 25. I like that. I had him in my FanDuel lineup last night. My FanDuel uh, lineup was actually trash, Uh, but Aaron (laughs) Holiday was a gemstone. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's been really good. I feel like he's to the point where he should be owned in almost – Every league, uh, every competitive yeah. league, he should be owned in. There's a lot of talk right now about Victor Oladipo coming back. People are scared about what Oladipo is going to do to Brogdon and what he's going to do to to Aaron Holiday and T.J. Warren. But I, mean, 
I'm not really concerned about Oladipo's return. I think Oladipo's going to be back basically using games as, as practice for the playoffs. And I don't think the Pacers are going to go super heavy with Oladipo. So I think there's still plenty of room for all those other guys to, to get it done. And Holiday is playing so well. And yes, he's benefiting because Malcolm Brogdon is currently hurt. But uh, I mean, even when Brogdon is playing, Holiday's been pretty good. So I love him. Yeah, I'm on board as well. Uh, I want to talk uh, about, this is, by the way, a very guard-heavy edition of the Waiver Wire podcast. I want to talk about DeAnthony Melton, 9% rostered. He's been playing t- basically 20 minutes or less lately, uh, just about every game, but he is just crushing it on a per-game basis. His last five games, he's at 10.2 points, 4.2 boards, 3.2 assists, 2.2 steals, and 0.83s in just 17 minutes a game. Uh, much like you know Peyton, much like some of these other guys we talked about, you have to think that Melton is a guy who is likely going to get some more chances in the second half for Memphis. I mean, it's it's weird, right? Because Ja Morant is twenty year a twenty year old kid. He should not be facing load management issues. Like Ja Morant should be out there balling out every day, favorite for rookie of the year, number two pick in the draft, yada yada yada. But the Anthony Melton is really good. I don't know how he did it, Matt, but on Saturday Melton played thirteen minutes. And in 13 minutes, he got up nine shots and scored 17 points. Uh, he also fouled out. <laughs> like, wow. He's a machine. He's a machine. That is impressive. 17 points and six fouls in 13 minutes. And he, he also put up a stat in every, sing, every single category. So It's a good night. It's uh, a good night at the office. And we've already seen John Morant face some load, load management stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can fully buy into Melton right now, but I, I, I'm guessing before this is all said and done, he's going to be on a few of my teams. All right, Luke Kennard is out right now with a knee injury for Detroit. Uh, enter Bruce Brown Jr., who at 8% rostered, has been really good when he gets a chance this season. In his last two games, he's at 11.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 1.53s. With Kennard out, as I said, and Blake Griffin looking like a major shutdown candidate, Brown Again, who's a guy who's been really good when he's gotten a chance is is a guy who's worth a look and has some long term potential. You know what are the what are the Pistons doing? Do we do we understand anything at all about what they're doing? They're they're twelve and twenty one. They yeah. are starting guys like Tim Frazier and Tony Snell and Svi Mikhailik. Like, what is going on? I I don't even understand. Blake Griffin goes out there and throws up three of sixteen. For 12 points Yikes. on Saturday. I mean, that is garbage. And, you know, Christian Wood is the guy, I, you know, that's a guy I'm fired up about. Like, I think Christian Wood, by the end of the season, is going to be amazing. Okay, back, I, I lost track of where we were. Bruce Brown. Yeah. That's where we are. 33 yeah. minutes off the bench on Saturday. Like, why is he not starting? Why is Tim Frazier starting? I I know Bruce Brown's coming off an injury. That's probably it. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown, before he got hurt, was really good. Uh, he was putting up big numbers. He played 33 minutes on Saturday. You know, the line was okay. There was nothing, nothing great about it, but there was nothing bad about it either. And I have a feeling he's going to be back in the starting lineup soon. So Bruce Brown is a guy that... In a four-game Pistons week, I'm all about. In a four-game Pistons week, you're all about it. That means you're all about it this upcoming week because Pistons play four times. Oh, let's go. Bruce Brown, pickup of the week. 
<laughs> Two more names to hit before we're out of here. Kevin Porter Jr. is 6% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Jordan Clarkson, of course, has been dealt to Utah in three games without Clarkson. Porter Jr. is at 13.7 points, 5.7 boards, 2.3 assists, 1.0 steals, 0.73s. That's not a thrilling set of numbers, but this is a 19-year-old on a really bad team who is getting more and more chances and and is another guy who could just blow up uh, later in the season. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those stash guys that you you want to have on hand at the end of the season in case it all comes together. Because, you know, the, the fans in Cleveland, every time he gets in a game, they get fired up. You know, he, he's also getting minutes right now. Like, I don't even know if stash is the right word because he played 30 minutes on Saturday. He hasn't put it all together yet, but, you know, Cleveland is 10-22. and 22. We know they're not going to make the playoffs. We know they're a mess. I, I think Kevin Porter is a guy that, that a month from now, he's going to be a hot pickup. Yeah, he's a stash who is actually startable in a, in a deeper league right now. You know, he's a stash who's actually playable at the moment yeah. as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, which is the best kind of stash. Uh, last name on the list is Patrick McCaw, 6% rostered. Has not done a ton with his increased minutes. Obviously, a wave of injuries have hit Toronto, has hit Toronto. But McCaw exploded with an 18.7 rebound, 8 assist line in 43 minutes on Saturday. I'm not picking him up yet, but... He's a guy who's worth watching. We're taping this before Sunday's 6 p.m. Raptors game. So if McCaw happened to go off again in that game, he's rising in my priority uh, in terms of pickups. But again, I'm not super high on him because I haven't seen him do it all that many times. Your thoughts? I'll tell you what. The the fact that he played 43 minutes in that game. That's a lot. That's a lot of minutes. And, And the Raptors are really good. I think as long as Norm Powell is out, Patrick mm-hmm. McCaw is probably worth. He's probably worth your time. I'm interested to see what he does on Sunday. Um, like you said, this is going to air on Monday, so we'll know if he goes off on Sunday. Uh, he is going to be a hot pickup, and Toronto plays three games in each of the next three weeks. So, you know, the schedule's not great. Patrick McCaw is a lukewarm name but i mean i think matt matt all eyes should be on patrick mccall on sunday so yeah by this time you'll know whether uh he picked up some momentum from that saturday night game or not and that steve just about does it for us on this edition of the show don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we're back on wednesday with a new year's eve edition of the whip around show that should be fun we're gonna list our fantasy basketball wishes for 2020 that's it thanks for listening everyone steve thanks for taking the time talk to you later thanks y'all the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.